and welcome to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I'm Jen Setrauer, and this is a podcast all about navigating life in your 20s. Here we have a lot of fun as we discuss what it's like to follow God into the somewhat daunting phase of life called adulthood. I have by no means mastered the sacred art of adulting, but I have plenty of wisdom and funny stories to share about how I have stumbled through this phase of my life. You're listening to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. Class is now in session. All right. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I hope you are having a fabulous week. I know that I am. And today we are talking about something that could be pretty, um, well, it might make you really excited or it might make you feel kind of dreadful. Today, we are talking about working. Today is Jen's Guide to Bringing Home the Bacon or <laughs> Jen's Guide to Jobs and Better Jobs. Um, today is also very special because I have a guest with me today. Today, I am joined by one of my very best friends, Carly Malini. Hello, Carly. Hi, Jen. <laughs> so me and Carly have been friends for probably about four years now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think that we've been friends for that long. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Carly. Well, I just got married less than <gasps> a month ago. Yay! So that's what's happening. And I am a small business owner uh, making jewelry. So I do that full time and okay. live here in Hamilton, Alabama. And tell us what the name of your business is. My business is called Recreated. Uh, love that. And I'm sure we will be talking more about that in this episode because we're talking about jobs. Um, now, Carly, when I introduced you, did I say your last name correctly? Did I say Malini or did I say your maiden name? You said Malini. Okay, perfect. Because a lot of times with friends, it takes forever for last names to oh, set in. so long. Yeah. I don't even change friends' last name in my phone when they I- get married, so... Yes, you're still Carly Gordeaux in my phone. And whenever I reference you to people, it's still Carly Gurdeaux. That's okay. Gurdeaux, but I give you permission to do that. Thank you. You're but welcome. eventually it will change. And I'm glad that I didn't call you the wrong name. Good job. <laughs> well, I like to start each episode um, talking about what I'm loving this week. So what I am loving this week um, is I really enjoyed sleeping in. I am a teacher, so um, I don't work in the summertime. And well, let's be real. I haven't been working since about March 15th. (laughs) So I've gotten to sleep in tons. But this week I have really been enjoying just sleeping in as long as I can and then getting tons of work done around the house. What have you been loving this week? I have been loving the warm weather in Alabama. Mm. It's been like warm but breezy. Yes. So it's felt so good outside. Yes. I was in Nashville this past weekend and Ooh, it was fun. just hot and dry and yeah. stagnant there. Oh, no. But here it's been really nice and warm and breezy. It's felt so good outside. Yes. Is so it I've a- been loving the weather. So is it officially summertime yet? Do you know? I think it's summer at the end of June. Okay. Yeah. So we're nearing the end of summer. The summer solstice. Yes, the summer solstice. Um, We're technically still in spring, which makes sense as to why it's not dreadful outside right now because the Alabama summer times are just... Wow. Mm. They're awful. You know what else is awful? Having to work. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. We all have to work. Um, well, some of us don't, but sometimes in life you have to have a job. Okay. You just do. <laughs> and you might love that or you might hate that. Um, there's just something about having to work that either makes some people feel really excited and motivated and they're like, let's get this done. Let's make this, let's make this money. Let's make this bread. <laughs> Is that even what the phrase is? Let's get this bread. Yes. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring home this bacon. But then there could be um, a feeling that you feel when you're talking about jobs. It's like, oh, gosh, that just stresses me out. (laughs) I don't even want to think about it. When I was thinking about this episode, um, I was thinking about it would be fun if I um, started this episode by singing Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But the words go really fast and I can't remember how it how it really goes. So and you don't work a nine to five. I don't work a nine to five. I work a hmm, like a seven thirty to two (laughs) thirty. Which is amazing because then I have the rest of the day to enjoy. And then what do you work? It's definitely not a nine to five. I work whatever I want to work. Uh, amen. When you're your own boss, you can do that. Yeah. Well, um, so when it comes to jobs, there's so many parts of the process. There's resumes, interviews, um, getting the job, and then sometimes there's quitting the job. So um, I'd love to talk about some of the jobs we've had, um, but I'd also like to just talk about the whole job process. So what has it been like in your experience with creating resumes? Creating resumes? That can be dreadful. Well, I have a college degree. So when I was in college, we had to create a very professional Mm -hmm. resume. So I have a lot of experience creating resumes. So my personal resume looks so good. And I know yours does too, Jen. Yes. My resume does look very beautiful because I used a template. And (laughs) I was telling Carly, my favorite thing about my resume template is that the picture of yourself that's on it is circular. And so you've got a circular profile picture that looks so nice and well put together. So, um, creating a resume, what, like, what kind of advice would you give to anybody who hasn't really made a professional resume before? My advice to creating a resume is to try and keep it down to one page. Oh, if possible, because it just looks better to keep it nice and concise and have it down to one page and then also have some kind of format to it. Yes. I have helped a lot of people edit their resumes mm-hmm. or proofread their resumes. And it's like they'll just send me this Word document of just text. Oh, no, no formatting, no bold text, no lines, no nothing. Just no spacing. Boring text. So that is my advice. Keep it to one page and give it some formatting. Okay. That's really good advice. I feel like my resume was very beautiful, but it was definitely two pages because I wanted these people to know I had tons of experience. So, um, keep your resume to one page. I will keep that in mind. And definitely under two pages, under two pages, keep it clear and concise and to the point. So that's resumes. Now, what about job interviews? I've had like maybe three or four job interviews in my life. And I feel like I always got super nervous about it beforehand. But then it wasn't as bad as I Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be once I actually got there. I've only ever had two job interviews. Okay. So I've never, well, yeah, I've never not gotten a job for a job interview that I've had. 
successful. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about, (laughs) yeah, you just had the two. Tell us about like the kind of questions that you were asked when you were in the interview. Oh man, it, they're always relating to the job. So it's like studying up on what the job is really does help you. Yeah. Because then you're prepared to answer or give any kind of fluffed up answer (laughs) for any question they may ask you. A little embellishment. Embellishment is always (laughs) necessary and it's always good. And I feel like honestly, the interviewer probably does appreciate that because if they're, if they're feeling kind of like iffy about you, Mm-hmm. You know, if you've told them like, this is what I'm really good at and you've been really excited about it, I feel like it makes them even more confident about hiring you. Yeah. And then you just have to make sure you live up to that embellishment <laughs> <laughs> and you deliver. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm trying to think of the interviews that I've had. Um, my thing is like, I just never really know what to wear because I want to show off how fun my personality is, but also like meet the professional uh, kind of feel of the job. Yes, I totally feel that. What did you wear to your last interview? My last interview, I kept it super basic. I wore some black pants and a white shirt, I think. Nice. Just super simple. Yeah. I I know exactly what I wore to my last interview, and I feel like I'm slightly embarrassed, but also I got the job, so it must not have been that bad. I wore like this really dramatic long floral dress that has like, um, what do you call those? Bell sleeves. Bell sleeves. You wore bell sleeves to an interview? <laughs> I, I literally looked like something that crawled straight out of this. This like, was for your teaching 70s. job? Though? Yes. Okay. Maybe. Maybe it was okay. And I had really long hair at that point, I think. No? Yes, I did. Super long hair. You went in, up in that job interview like yes, a hippie. I did. And I was, whenever I look, and I had like extreme cat eye eyeliner on. When I don't even know why I dressed that way that day. But I was thinking, um, if they're going to hire me, they need to know who I really am. <laughs> So I just went for it. And so I'm like slightly embarrassed about it, but I also just wore that dress the other day and I would wear it again. Maybe not to a job interview, but you got the job though. I got the job. So you live and you learn. But I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. But. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. But I was like, this is me. I love this dress. So <laughs> but I guess people like I work in the arts and I feel like it's pretty common for people who work in the arts to be pretty eccentric and over the top mm-hmm. with you know, things like your personality and your style. So, well, I got the job, so that's fine. So I guess I would recommend for job interviews is like, you know, definitely dress with something that's you and your personal style, but adapt it to the uh, the situation at hand. Okay, so this is what I'm looking forward to the most is talking about the jobs that we've had. Oh, goodness. So Carly, what was... <laughs> What was your first job? My first job ever <clears throat> was at Lifeway Christian Store. Oh. Yes. It was after I graduated high school. My parents didn't make me work during school. So after I graduated, I got a job for like three months at Lifeway short-lived. Christian Store. Mm-hmm. It was very <laughs> short-lived. So you were a book clerk? Yeah, a cashier. A cashier. I don't know what my professional title was, yes. but desk staff. I checked people out and answered the phones. There you go. Do you have a good um, phone voice? Uh, I don't. I'm trying to think. You know, like you have to answer the phone with the 
specific thing. That thank you, you say. for calling Lifeway Christian Store in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> I, I think there was more to it than that. Yes. You know, the cheesy stuff you have to say. Yes. After okay. You I answer the phone. I will beat you. Okay. Um, go for it. I will top that. So my first job was at a dance studio where I was also desk staff, you know, took money, um, answered the phone, checked people into their dance classes. And so what I had to say when I answered the phone was, it's a perfect day at Alley Cat's Dance and More. This is Jen. How may I help you? Ew. <laughs> Ew. That is- it was so sugary. Like, And, you know, when you're somebody who takes people's payments and you're really sugary like that, they're like, this girl's annoying. I'm like, hello, I need you to pay for your dance classes. <laughs> they're like, they can't be mad at me because I'm so nice, but they're probably also like, get this girl out of here. <laughs> so that was my first job was Alley Cats. And at the time, I also had a side hustle job that was really fun called Fair Hair. And that for that job, I did um, festival hair for kids. So I did, we went to like festivals like Stone Mountain um, and we worked at Six Flags for a a short stint. We did like festivals during the fall and then we would also do events and birthday parties. And so on the weekends, I was always doing crazy festival hair for little girls. And it was really fun for a side hustle while I was in college, like Mm -hmm. a fun way to make money. But it was really hard work, so I'm glad that that um, I don't do that job anymore. Okay, what about um, what other jobs did you have after that? My only other jobs before what I do now is I've I did a lot of tutoring when I was in college. Yeah, so yeah, that's really good. So I worked at Lifeway. I was a tutor all throughout college, even after college, actually, and then started my business. That's great, and. A lot of nannying. A lot of nannying, yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. In um, in my ministry school days, I did a ton of babysitting. Mm-hmm. So babysitting is one of the best jobs for, I feel like, college age and high school people it is. to do. It's the best. Nannying. And also can be the worst. Yeah. Why is it the worst? <laughs> well, it just depends on who you're working for. Yes. I actually haven't had that many terrible experiences. Yeah, but me too. Um, And I feel like usually I've been working with happy-go-lucky little kids, Mm -hmm. so it's always been great. But I have had those off days and those off kids and those moments that have made me question why I was babysitting. So (laughs) I feel that. Okay, so so those were your jobs Mm -hmm. up until your career um, began. And so I had a couple more jobs. I worked at a daycare for a couple of years, and that was like – the hardest job ever. You wouldn't think so because you're teaching little kids, you're working with small children, but it's just the amount of energy required to work with like two year olds Mm -hmm. all day long is so much, but it was also so sweet because before I had that job, I really didn't feel like I was a kid person. Like I was the person that never wanted to hold anyone's babies because I was like, kids hate me. Like, please don't make me do this. <laughs> and then once I started working at the daycare, I realized that I actually did have a lot of those mater- maternal skills for nurturing and teaching children, which was great. So um, then when I came to Hamilton and I came to the ministry school, I did a lot of babysitting. Um, and then I started 
my job at Elise Nicole School of the Arts, where I began as desk desk staff. And then after full circle, there. yeah, it came full circle. I, well, as soon as I moved to Hamilton, I saw that there was a dance studio and I was like, Oh, I'd love to get a job there because in Hamilton, Alabama, where we live, there's really not a ton of like super exciting jobs, um, or part-time jobs, mm-hmm. uh, except for if you're going to be working fast food or retail. And I didn't really want to do either of those things. So I was like, if I can get into that dance studio, <laughs> my life will be made. And so I did. And then um, over time, I began to help out with the productions they put on. And then I eventually even began to start teaching the voice and piano classes there. Um, and that's the connection that I had to getting the job offer for working at the elementary school doing music there. So, and I'll add to that. I never thought I wanted to be a teacher, um, until I started to have these experiences with these random jobs. Well, it seemed random at the point, but really it was setting me up for the job that I would ultimately do. So, um, one thing I want to say before we talk about the jobs that we have now is like, how important it is to realize that there is something that can be learned in every single job that you have. For sure. Even if it's just a horrible job and it doesn't seem like it's going to fit into your career. Can you talk about some like different skills that you've learned um, in some of your beginning jobs? Hmm. I would say that I was a writing tutor for a little while, so that gave me a lot of skills for proofreading and all yeah. of that, which I need a lot of that for writing copy for website and Instagram posts and all of that. So that makes sense. And then with childcare and being a nanny and a babysitter, that all is, you know, it prepares you for your future if you want to be a mom yeah. and all of that. And so you're so right. Yeah. I love that. I feel like I had some of those same kind of things. Like I learned how to work with money um, through my desk jobs. And um, I learned about like, what is it called? Um, When you're talking to people, it's like soft skills, Mm -hmm. um, communication. that Interpersonal communication. Yes, interpersonal communication skills. Like you cannot learn that out of a book. That takes a lot of hard work and practice. And so I learned a lot about that. And um, basically I learned how to teach as I was working at a daycare and babysitting and um, teaching piano and voice lessons. And so all of those things were – um, we're coming together to prepare me for the job that I have now. And the job that I have now is probably preparing me for something I'll do one day in the future. So let's talk about what we do right now. You kind of mentioned it at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode, but I really want to hear from you about this because you are your own boss. You have your own business and you did this in your twenties. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about the journey of starting your job and the creative process and just like what you do. So unlike you, Jen, you you know, did all of these jobs and then found out that you wanted to become a teacher. Mm -hmm. I went to school for teaching and decided that I didn't want to be a teacher. (laughs) So I graduated from college and I was like, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life because I do not want to, at the time, didn't want to teach. Yeah. So I was 
thinking of all of the things I could do. And so I came up with the idea to start a business and I didn't know what the business was going to look like or what I was going to do. Yeah. But this um, jewelry idea came back to me and I made some jewelry, gave it to some friends and started a business. And it's like the rest is history. Five years later, yeah. I'm still making jewelry and That's crazy. loving every minute of it. It's so much fun. Ugh. So it's been a journey to get five years into being a business owner. Yes. But it is all worth it. So now that you've been a business owner, do you feel like you could ever go back into working a kind of nine to five job? Um, probably so. It's like, it's one of those things where I've always, I always wanted to own my own business. Mm -hmm. And so once you find out what that's like and what's good and what's bad about it, yeah, then it's like, I also want to see the flip side of it. Like, what is it like to work a normal career job? Yeah. Would I like that more than what I'm doing now? So I have the thought about getting an actual job, which what I do is an actual job, but getting a real world job out in the public with the community. I love that. Yeah. Because there's like the pros and cons of working at home. It's like pros, you get to make your own schedule. Mm -hmm. You get to enjoy the comfort of your own home, which could also be a con if you can't stay focused in the space that you're working yeah. in. Um, but the cons of like not being with people all the time. For me, I'm such a people person. I love that my job requires me to interact with 600 kids a week. But then by the time I get home from work, I'm like, please, dear Lord, nobody speak to me. <laughs> Give me like a good 12 hours alone yeah. because after being with 600 kids, I'm just drained so much. So it's like, I guess there's the pros and cons of both. Yeah. I think another con too with being a business owner is like, I never stop thinking about my business. Yes. So with working a job, you clock out at five and you can for a lot of jobs, you can leave it there. Mm -hmm. But for owning a business, it doesn't go away. It's still yeah. there. Well, especially too, because you do a lot of your um, your job through social media. Mm -hmm. So Instagram is like fun for some people. And I'm sure it's fun for you too. Yeah. But it's not just a hobby. It's part of your job. So yes. I guess you can never really shut that off. But it's always there. It's always there. <laughs> always there. <laughs> okay. So have you ever had to quit a job? Oh, I guess I, yeah, I quit my first job, but that's been the only job really that I've had to quit. Everything else has kind of just faded out. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was the process like for you for that? It was just a retail job. So it was just a two weeks notice, which yeah. it was my first job ever. So I was like, this is going to be so awful. <laughs> and I did it so professionally, wrote a whole letter out yes. about why I was quitting the job. At the bookstore. Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad though. Yeah. You know, you like work yourself up to quit a job and once and you do it's it, not. it's done. Yeah. All of the times I've had to um, quit my jobs, it's been like the person I'm working for has seen it coming somehow. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Lord has like been really gracious to me through that. Like um, my bosses, whenever I sat down just to talk with them, they're like, "We, I know you're moving on to this next thing. And like, you knew? I'm like, how did you know? <laughs> like, I just knew. And it's obviously the Lord. But so I've never had to do any kind of like tragic um quitting moment and I've never been fired and I, I mean, hope that yeah I would hope that you've not been fired okay last thing I'd like to talk about is dream job like if you could do anything 
any kind of job and make good money doing it and enjoy it, what would it be? Oh, man. I know. I haven't thought of my answer either. I don't know my answer. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like my job now, my job now, like being a Mm self-employed business owner is a dream job for me. If I were making like a lot more money, it would yeah. be like really ideal. Yes. Dream so still, job. You're still your own boss, but yes. then you're also making more money. Yes. I asked you this question and I have no idea what my answer is going to be because I feel like teaching kind of is my dream job and it's been my dream job since I was younger. Um, so I would say one thing I want to do in the future one day though is work with high schoolers and older kids. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something I did a little bit in the past and I'd really like to one day. So I love elementary schoolers and I'm sticking with them uh, for the future. But one day I would also love to work with high schoolers, like to be a high school drama teacher or chorus teacher or just, I don't know. I would just love that so much. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about both of us is we've learned to love where we're at and learn to love the jobs that we have. Exactly. And what we've been given. I love that. And that's so perfect. And um, I want to make sure that I'm mindful now um, just to keep thinking of like, as I'm living my life and doing my job, there's something that can be learned in every single job that we have. So true. All right, and here is Jen's tip of the week. So whenever I got out of college and I was in ministry school, I had a heart to be in full-time ministry. And whenever I finished ministry school, I didn't really have um, any open doors that I felt like were from the Lord for me to go straight into full-time ministry. So my tip of the week, though, is if you have a heart to be in ministry, don't be frustrated if you're working a quote-unquote normal job. Your normal job can bring God glory and can change the world just as much as working for a ministry. You know, the Apostle Paul is one of the best examples of this to me. He was a full-time minister, but he made tents. He was a tent builder. In Acts 18, we see that he was building tents and that was raising money for his ministry. Um, A lot of times we think, if I am not in full-time ministry working for a church, I'm not a minister and I'm not changing the world, but that is not the case. Um, You can change the world right where you're at in your job, whether you're in one of your first jobs working at a restaurant or if you're in some kind of creative job or if you're in your career. Um, Even if it doesn't look like ministry, you're interacting with people, you're doing your work to the glory of God, and that is still powerful, and that is still ministry. Um, Another example that comes to my mind um, that really brought a lot of revelation about this topic for me was the people that were involved in the Moravian revival. So um, a few hundred years ago, there was a revival, um, and it was a 24-7 prayer and worship group of people. um, And it's called the Moravian Revival. And the people that were responsible for that um, 
for that ministry were just young people, mostly in their 30s, working normal jobs, raising money for missions. And whenever I read that the story about that group of people, it inspired me because you know what? That's exactly what I am. I'm in my 20s. I'm working a normal job and I'm, you know, trying to put my money towards the kingdom of God. And even though I'm not doing platform ministry or I'm not working for a church, I can still change the world and love people and show the love of God everywhere I am. So if you feel frustrated or you're having these questions of like, man, how can God use me if I'm just doing this normal nine to five thing? I just want to encourage you right where you're at. Your normal job can bring God glory and change the world. And now here is Jen's guide to quiet time. So today our passage is pretty lengthy, but it comes from one of my favorite places in the Bible. It comes from Matthew 6. And today I want to talk about worry. So Matthew 6 verse 25 says this, This is why I tell you never to be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides for them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which of you by worrying could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. And yet even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty more than all of these. So if God clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such little faith? So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things that your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care for itself. And I wanted to share that passage because a lot of times whenever I'm thinking about my job, a lot of times when I'm thinking about my career, I get so worried, Um, especially in this time that we're living in right now when everything seems so uncertain. Um, I'm thinking, what's going to happen in the next few years? And this scripture, this passage really grounds me. There's no need to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough. Today has enough to deal with on its own without even thinking about that. So I have some meditation and reflection questions that are based on this passage. And I hope that this can help to bring clarity to any areas of worry in your life. My first question I want you to ask yourself is, have you recently found yourself worrying about your financial needs? 
If so, what is causing you to feel anxious? Is it the worst case scenario? Next, I want you to ask yourself, am I seeking first the kingdom of God? If so, what does God promise will happen for those who seek first his kingdom? All right. And lastly, I want you to make a list of what is worrying you. What's causing you to worry and take that list and go before the Lord. Take each of those concerns and just imagine yourself laying them down at the feet of Jesus. And you might even want to say, Jesus, I take this particular worry and I know that there's nothing I can do to fix it. I'm going to lay it down at your feet. And if you don't feel much better after that, I just don't even know. (laughs) Um, I would love to end with a prayer. Um, to kind of wrap up all of these things. And I hope that this prayer can serve as kind of a guide for how you can get more revelation from the Lord and laying down worry and laying down those burdens. Father, I thank you that you are so good that you even take the time to care for sparrows and lilies. I recognize that I, as a child of God, am so important to you that you take care of me. You know what I need and when I need it most. I trust you that you will take care of me. I'm never going to go without because I am seeking first the kingdom of God and trusting that all of these other things will be provided by you. I take the worries that I feel about the uncertainty of my future and I give them over to you. I choose not to worry about tomorrow. I choose to look to you to take care of me today because that's what good fathers do. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I am so glad that my dear friend Carly was able to join us, and I may be able to convince her to come on again in the future. Um, If you have any questions or you'd like to connect about jobs or any of the things we've talked about today, you can find me at jen.zetrauer on Instagram. Well, we'll see you next time. Over and out.